Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of September 4, 2016. On Monday evening, August 29, the sad news spread throughout the Kentucky School for the Blind community that Will Evans, former coach, teacher, dean of students, principal, and superintendent of the school, had passed away. Will had a huge influence on the lives of students, teachers, and so many others. You would be hard-pressed to find someone who didn't like Will or someone who Will didn't like. There has been an outpouring of thoughts and comments on Facebook, in email, and by phone. Hundreds of people attended his viewing and funeral. On page two, you'll hear short snippets from Will's funeral. Gary Rollins, former pastor of Clifton Christian Church, where Will was a member for many years, conducted the service. Rick Ricks was a speaker at the service, and also Gary Mudd. You will hear Gary Mudd in this segment. The speakers were difficult to hear, so we include only a few minutes of the service. The music was provided by Tanya Schoen, who is the daughter-in-law of KSB alumni Bill Schoen and Charlotte Schoen. Ricky Ricks, originally from Mississippi, joined the KSB staff in the late 70s and became very close friends with Will. Rick shares memories on page 3. Several people called during the week and shared their memories of Will. We also reached some KSB alumni living out of state, and they share their thoughts. Listen to their comments on page 4. Many former students and staff wrote comments by email and on Facebook, especially on the Kentucky School for the Blind alumni group page and the Save and Support the Kentucky School for the Blind group page. We have included a number of those comments on page 5. And on page 6 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2 
Friday mornings, uh, toward the end of the time that Will was there, we bother to pick folk up and we go to work and have sessions, uh, the three of us together. We would we either pick something out of the Bible or something out of something we've read or just talk about the trouble that maybe, maybe was going on at the time. And he, he practiced psychiatry in that life. <laughs> <laughs> for many, many years and has known him in many different capacities, including at the School for the Blind and on the Charitable Foundation and all kinds of other things. And so we're talking with Rick now about some of his memories of Will. Welcome, Rick. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, Rick, I'll just let you decide where to begin and just share some of your stories about Will. I'm sure you have many that you could tell, so um, just some of your your, yeah. your favorite memories. Well, golly, that, that, I mean, it truly is probably too many to talk about. I mean, everything the guy did, I was always amazed at. Uh, he probably the very first thing that I know uh, or knew about Will is that when I uh, came to Kentucky, uh, I had a, uh, some information sent down by the director of Ellisville State School, which was a relatively large mental institution. And uh, a gentleman that Will served on the deaf blind, the National Deaf Blind Council uh, with from Mississippi was the director of Ellisville. And when he found out that I was leaving his employment and coming to Louisville, Kentucky, he said, I'm going to you know, send a, a letter to my friend Will Evans and uh, and then if you decide that you want to apply there, then at least they'll give you a letter of introduction. Mm-hmm. So I got here, and that was true. Uh, Dr. Cotton had written a letter, and Will got it. And and, uh, and then, I, of course, I, I did application with Cloyd Oaks and uh, ended up getting the job. And, of course, both Cloyd and Will were always sometimes uh, tickling me with the fact that they got me right out of a mental institution. <laughs> Which, which was true. I bet they enjoyed that. They enjoyed that, yeah, that little tale. Uh, but, you know, probably the one thing that, that probably impressed me most about Will very early on is, you know, I've come to a to a residential school for blind and visually impaired, and every time he met a new kid, he got down on his knee 
and he got down right at their level, and he shook their hand, and he asked them questions about themselves, and he wanted to know where they were from and what his mom and dad's name was, and he re- he retained all that information. So over the years, uh, what I remember most is, and I was the most uh, amazed by it, is that every time he would pass the kid, he would always say, you know, hi, Johnny Jones, uh, you know, how's your mother, Paula? And, uh, you know, in high western Kentucky or eastern Kentucky or wherever, he remembered all that information. And uh, probably that took me back uh, a little bit because, you know, he knew. He knew everything about every kid and pretty much every employee at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was impressive to me because I would not been in a facility that did that, you know, and, and or nobody showed that much care. And uh, so that was probably the first thing that impressed me. And the second thing is just that he was... Uh, you know, 150% uh, honest. Uh, uh, you know, he would not say something he couldn't do. Uh, he very definitely was the head of the school, and he was in charge as the superintendent of the ultimate, you know, if a kid got in trouble and something had to happen uh, by the rules, and he was ultimately in charge. He was the kind of guy that could, you know, could, could deal out the discipline and in a, in a fair and kind way, and uh, I always was astounded by that, and worked toward that myself to be able to communicate with kids and not, you know, communicate the fact that you know what they did was wrong, but you know, still love you and care about you and things like that. And that's, you know, I got that from him. I got many things from him, actually. He had been a student there himself, and I, I think that he truly tried to treat students as he himself wanted to be treated as a student. And uh, I don't think he ever lost sight of, of, uh, how, of the experience of being a student in the school away from home and how it, it, it felt to be away from home as a residential student. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, there's just, there's just tons of information I have, you know, and I learned from him. But one time we were doing a field day, and back a long time ago, it was just the recreation department that did the field days, and we pretty much had to make up games and things. We didn't have enough money to buy big blow-up uh, activities that they bounced on, so we just <laughs> made up a series of games for the day. And uh, I had convinced uh, Janice Jones, the food center director, uh, to let me have you know, um, half a case of eggs, and we're going to have an egg toss. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world at a school for the blind. You know, you start out, uh, you know, a foot apart, and then you transfer the egg, and then you keep moving apart until somebody drops the egg as you, as you toss it. So anyway, we were just having a blast. Kids were loving it, and everybody was laughing and falling down, and, and the eggs were breaking. And the next thing I know, I hear Will's upset. And I go, what can you be upset about? This is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, he was upset that I was wasting food. Oh, dear. And, uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, then come to find out that, you know, a long time ago there wasn't a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and uh, it, you know, he, he wasn't a person that was certainly not poor, poor, but, uh, you know, they didn't go wasting their food, that's for sure. <laughs> so I learned a little. He never got mad at me. He just wanted me to change it to something else, so I ended up changing it to canned chocolate pudding. Still wasted oh, food, but you know he didn't seem to bother. That didn't seem to bother him as much. <laughs> so Can we did a pudding con- eating contest where you you know you put the hands behind, you you tie the hands off behind each person, and then you blindfold them, and uh, and then you give them a big spoon, and they had to feed the other person. Of course, you got you got a big spoonful of pudding in the eye and over the ear and on top of the head and <laughs> down the shirt and all that. So that was that was a lot of fun. Goodness. Well, he um, he was superintendent at the school until the mid nineties, right? And um, and there were a lot of changes over the whole period of time because he came to the school in the mid fifties, right? And so it was a very different place by the time he he retired. Uh, and when he left the school and went to APH, I don't think he intended to work there very long. There's a story that. Uh, about Will contacting Jim Shaw about getting his, you know, setting up his Social Security, and Jim saying, <clears throat> Jim saying, well, you know, you ought to to arrange to, um, you know, pay into the Social Security, and gave him some advice. Mm-hmm. 
and said, uh, this is important because uh, if you stay there long enough, then you would be eligible, you know, for your Social Security payment. And we'll, oh, I'm not going to stay there 10 years. That's not going to be an issue. <laughs> and, of course, in uh, at KSB, everybody was under teacher retirement. So, right. so Jim was giving him advice about this program. And he just said, well, I don't intend to be at APH for 10 years. And, of course, he was there, what, 15? 17. 17, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, he, it just seems like he just got so involved in whatever he did. Well, you know, the same thing, it's kind of interesting about the man. I mean, you know, if I were to say, was he a strong disciplinarian, I'd say he was a fair disciplinarian. And uh, But his, his the reason that that uh, I think he was as good as he was, because he's a, he's a counselor by trade, too, mm-hmm. by degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to get inside the kid's head, and or if there were family problems or, or whatever, and then... You know, he wanted to help that way, and he wanted to make sure that they were okay and make, you know. So he, he did the same thing at APH, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that lots of people would have different issues with getting products through or, you know, uh, or dealing with different departments and whatever, and I think he counseled a lot of people over there, and they they sought his uh, counsel. I mean, they lots of people did, and uh, it, just like I did here on campus plus a, a, you know, a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just was kind. He was calm. Uh, he was reasonable. He never jumped really hard at anything, and uh, and that was a that was good because it taught me not to, you know, not to lose my temper. Uh, try to work through things. wasn't going to do any good to lose your temper, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so I had he he taught me probably I'm going to guess of of a hundred percent of the things that I know about kids with disability. Uh, he probably taught me ninety percent, and sometimes. It was he taught it to me whether I wanted to learn it or not. <laughs> yes. And, and he wasn't mean about it. It's just that I was going to learn it. And uh, and so I've always appreciated that with him. And I've had a close, close relationship with him. And uh, drove him to work for I don't know, maybe seven, maybe close to twenty years. I drove him to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I would go and have coffee in the morning and sit and just basically talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would tell jokes. And Bert Boy, you started coming in on the coffee session and it just got to be a one big joke session and Will wouldn't tell many jokes but he would sit there and giggle and he'd close his eyes and giggle at Bert and I kind of you know hitting on each other and, and telling jokes with each other so it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a fun time and uh, I even had a session with Will that nobody knows about on the way from his house to the coffee shop and that was I turned on my CD player or not CD player my my uh, music uh, uh, player and uh, and I would stick songs in there and and ask him if he knew who they were and and what year they were they were you know played at and whatever so we had that fun it was called music education one for Will Evans is what it was called because <laughs> he had, had never heard some of the some of the you know stuff that I was putting on yeah yeah but and, he loved it and he was on the charitable foundation board oh yeah well he's the reason that I got on the, on the charitable foundation and. And then he's probably the biggest reason that, uh, you know, that I'm the executive director now. But uh, none of this would be possible, none of this organization and the money we give out without his fortitude and his ideas and his looking forward to what the school may or may not need in the future, you know. Uh, Rick, one other thing that I think is so important that I think you have a perspective uh, on this is that Will didn't just sit in the office. No, no. <laughs> he, no, no, no. He did as superintendent or as dean of students, and, and a lot of that was before you came. But but he didn't just sit in his office over in the um, in the classroom building, and uh, later in the uh, yeah in the Ritchie building, mm-hmm. um, and and be important. He was no. out there among everybody, and and you've talked about him going around and going over in into the dorm oh gosh and it was i mean it wasn't just every so often it was pretty regular and he, but i didn't know what day he'd call mm-hmm. and you know what i learned about you know 30 years of working in the residential part and especially when we had you know 100 and so something kids in the dorms mm-hmm. that uh uh you know one day it could be immaculate because they might think you were coming the kids and house parents would think i'm gonna, i was going to come through and uh, and then the next day it may, immac- may be immaculate because I didn't come through that day and they think I'm trying to, you know, trick them. Yeah. 
but the next day it'd be ruined. You know, they had, the kids would all get up, and the house parents would be in a hurry to get them off to school, and they weren't worried about me coming through much. And uh, so, you know, it'd just be a mess, and then I'd come through the next day, and I'd get on to them all, and they'd cleaned it up. And it was just, it never, you know, that's the process it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I'm sitting in my office one day, and Will, and he did this often. He just called on the phone. He said, hey, I got some time. Let's go through all the dorms. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, last thing I want to do is have him go through a dorm that they hadn't done anything in. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, we headed out, and, of course, we found a couple of dorms that were just, you know, just terrible. And uh, and he was pretty irritated. He ran his. I, I I was amazed at him because he would go through a door, and of course the lights would be out when we'd come through. It'd still be daylight, and he had, you know, he had usable vision and good light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's amazing to me uh, that he could spot a stain or or a, a sticky spot about the size of a quarter on a on a table or a countertop mm-hmm. and uh and he would he would always ask me what's this like he would run his hand over the top and he said what's this and i said i you know i wanted to say i don't know you know <laughs> i don't know what it is yeah. it's, he said well it's sticky it needs to be you know they need to take care of this and i would i would always think you know how's a blind man find every little thing in the room but that was what he did and he he knew where to look too i mean you know by yeah. being a kid there and being a worker there and whatever, he knew where the what, what to look for. But uh, he was always, 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 you know, very good to me, and uh, and uh, he explained things to me where I could understand them. And uh, he taught me. He and Adam actually were the ones that taught me to use a computer. Uh, Adam would come over in my office when they when they stuck one on all of our desk one day. <laughs> and Adam, his theory was teach Ricky games. Ricky play games. Ricky learn to use a computer. That's right. Uh, Will's was, I'm going to teach you how to use a computer. Mm-hmm. And so I had both of those on different ends working on me, so I learned the computer that way. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to this day, good or bad, those are the skills that I have. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with us. We're going to have... Uh, a number of other things uh, in the program, all about Will. Um, it's just a great loss that Will is no longer with us, but it sure has been a pleasure knowing him over the years. Yeah, he's a good man. I don't know that I will ever see another Will Evans in oh, my yeah. lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. All right. Thank you. Page four. Now we have Bert Boyer with us, who's going to share some of his memories of Will and and some of his comments. Welcome, Bert. Well, thanks. Uh, I'm, it's wonderful you're doing this for an unusual man, for sure. Absolutely. Tell us about some memories that you have of Will. Well, one of the, you know, after 65 years of knowing Will and 63 of knowing Barbara, I've I've had tons of memories, right? Right. There's one that always stuck out in my mind because it made such a difference in my life. When I was 11 years old and living in eastern Kentucky, my grandmother broke the news to me one afternoon that I was going to the school for the blind the next day, some lady picking me up, never heard of it. And when I got to the school, I was scared to death, and immediately Will took me right under his wing like a big brother. And from that point on, he just made life so much easier. I'm not so sure my adjustment would have been anywhere close to as good as it was had it not been for Will. He, you know, and the other thing he did by what he did for me, I tried to do for other students who came to the school as new students so they'd have some some comfort in knowing that they had a friend. So um, he was, that started a friendship that lasted, you know, until Will passed away. So the difference he made in my life that particular time was uh, huge. Yeah, that's and, that's. Uh, I never, never, never forgot it. Right, and of course you knew him um, in as, as a professional also. I did, and he um, was, you know, he's one of those professionals who didn't get on the big stage, uh, but and yet if you looked at his school. It was one of the top schools in the country. He was always doing things that were innovative. And if any if any one person lived up to the phrase that people like to throw out there, it's 
it's all about kids. Well, for Will, it was all about kids. That's right. So I was always looking to see what he was doing and then see if I could duplicate that in whatever program I was in. Yes. Because he was just, I mean, he was always ahead of the game. And you were superintendent of South Dakota in yeah, California. California, yeah. Yeah. And but I, I mean, he, you know, he had such an influence on my life personally mm-hmm. and professionally. Okay. Any other stories you'd like to tell us about Will? Anything? Yeah, you know, we could talk about what he did at the school from, you know, the time he was a student all the way up to being superintendent. But mm-hmm. one of the things that that I got to know Will best for was working with him at the printing house. And he, you know, I called him Mr. Glue. I didn't call that to his face. <laughs> but, boy, he just seemed to put everybody at ease. He's um, he, he had that comforting uh, appeal to him, and people respected him so much that, you know, he he was the one they would turn to because he he just looked at life in such a wonderful way, and uh, you know he he was just unbelievable human being. He really was. And, uh, Very true. He's um, you know he's just such a dear friend, and uh, but he you know the thing I think uh, that I really like is when he went to the printing house. He then got on the big stage because he did so many things professionally, you know, across the country. Right. And people really got to know Will and know, you know, him as a person and as a professional. And I don't think I've – nobody just ever said anything negative about Will, and that's hard. <laughs> you don't find many of those people. You sure don't. You, and you, I, I can think of, yeah. you know, just no one who ever said anything <laughs> negative about Will. Mm-hmm. And as far as that goes about Barbara, they were just – you know, they were a, a great couple. Yes. And, and it's uh, and it's a loss. There's no question about it. But through our memories, um, they stay with, at least they stay with me. Right. That, that always gets me through tough times. Next we have Mary Adrian, and she has called with a comment and some memories of Will. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. It's good to be on Sound Prince. Um, the memories I have of Will Evans, he was a well-respected man, and he cared about the programs that were at the school, and he cared about all the students that were there. Tell us uh, about a, a special memory that maybe you have of something that he did, something he said, something that made a difference to you, or just, it can be a little, a little memory. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, flamboyant memory. Does anything come to mind? I don't remember how old I was. I think I was pretty young, maybe 10, 11, but uh, Mr. Evans and Miss Womack came to my house to visit me during the summer, and that was just wonderful. I wanted to come back to Louisville with them. <laughs> so wow, that yeah. was great. And next we have Bill Wright, who has called to give us a comment about Will. So welcome, Bill. Uh, yes, um, I just wanted to pass along my uh, condolences to um, uh, Barbara and his uh, children and grandchildren. Um, and I do have um, quick remembrance, if that's okay. Oh, that's great. Um, I came to the Kentucky School for the Blind in uh, 1972, and um, he knew that um, it was a long drive for my parents with the roads and everything then to come get me and he talked uh, my parents into um, letting me um, ride Greyhound to Hazard, Kentucky and uh, him, uh, Will and Barbara uh, took me to the uh, Greyhound station my first time uh, Christmas holiday uh, 1972, and um, I just wanted to uh, thank both of them for uh, helping me become an independent traveler. So, 
the first year that you came, when it was time to go home at Christmas, then they took you to, to get the bus to go home. Uh, yes, that was the first time I uh, rode uh, Greyhound. Uh, he he kept, you know, he was he was kind and strict at the same time. Uh, he kind of had to be strict on you boys, I think. Yeah, we was we was wild. We we all saw real good, and uh, we got into a lot of a lot of trouble. Uh, but you know, a couple times. We we did sage, which was I guess was stupid, but uh, he you know he he overlooked it. Um, I I remember the the TV. Uh, it was NCAA Kentucky basketball, and everybody knows I'm a big blue fan. Mm-hmm. And um, we was in hunting up, and we had to be in bed at oh nine thirty ten o'clock. And uh, we asked Miss Burry, you know, can we stay up and watch the ball game? Mm-hmm. And of course she said no. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just went and got the TV and booted it our bedroom. Next <laughs> uh, morning we got up, went to breakfast, we got to put the TV back. Oh. So Miss Burry, she creeps out. What happened to the TV? And. Uh, well, he was dealing with students, and he came by, said what was what was going on, and uh, he asked us about it. We told him, just put the TV back. <laughs> just solve that problem. Just put it back, right? I, uh, you know, after I graduated, and I was doing, I was assistant scoutmaster, and we went camping, and uh, he went camping with us and uh, you know I you know I was I graduated from KSP but then and I was taking care of all the little kids and uh, you know he for some reason they ran out of camps and so he uh, just you know he, he let me stay in his tent that weekend oh and I do remember one more mm-hmm. um me and Oz, me and my Osborne was big buddies and everything, both mm-hmm. Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And we got in trouble all the time for <laughs> battle stage. Uh, Miss Burry, she always felt something to get us in trouble for. Mm-hmm. And we, she sent us to see, to see him, but he, we'd done something he was upset about. He told us, he said, now I know. They have to pipe sunshine in Eastern Kentucky, but you don't have to act that way. <laughs> With us next is Donna Wheeler. Welcome, Donna. Hi. I wanted to just uh, say um, a couple of things. One is that uh, Wildy was. Uh, I would never have, my mobility is pretty much zilch now, but it would have been even worse um, had it not been for him. Um, Up till I was in seventh grade, uh, I depended pretty much on other students to get me around the campus, KSB, because I just couldn't learn how to do it on my own. And uh, finally in seventh grade um Wildy gave me a cane and taught me how to get around the KSB campus and he it was just great um you know taught me what mobility concepts I could do and all this kind of thing and um I just always remember that he had uh, a really sunny disposition most of the time he's he was always he had a smile on his voice, and um, he called me Donna Marie, and most people don't call me by my middle name, uh, and sometimes he'd call me Donna Marie. He'd go down the hall, and he'd speak to you, hi, Donna Marie, how you doing, and all that, and he was just a really wonderful, uh, warm person, and... Um, 
also I uh, that year in seventh grade I was uh, having a lot of problems at home and he was he took a fatherly role I'd talk to him when things were going really bad and and he'd just sit and listen and and you know give advice where he could he was just uh and I told him one time that I felt like he was a um, like a father to me sometimes. And next up is Debbie Dethridge. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you, Carla. Just like to um, say a few words about Will. He uh, he was a great man, cared a lot about blind and visually impaired people, did whatever he could to uh, help uh, help you out. He always knew you by name. Always. Uh, I never knew him to come up to me and didn't call me, you know, by name. Um, one thing that I'd like to say that I don't know if people, some people know, but not sure if everybody did. He, um, along with my dad and Rick Ricks, um, due to a very large contribution from a friend of my parents, helped start the Charitable Foundation. Mm-hmm. Back in like 1986, 85, 86. And he was very interested in doing something that would be long lasting and um, want to, wanted to help not only uh, the children at KSB, but blind and visually impaired adults. Mm-hmm. Well, and that has grown tremendously over the years. And, oh, yes, it has. It started out, um, I remember that um, a friend of my parents, Evangeline Walters, um, knew me through my parents, and they didn't have kids. And we were called over to their house one day, and she was like, well, you know, I'm really sorry. You know, I want to do something for the, you know, to help the kids and, you know, to help uh what might, you know, adults possibly, and really not, so, you know, really sorry, this check isn't any bigger, and we're thinking, oh, maybe a couple hundred, <laughs> you know, yeah. and my dad looks at this check, and he's like, there must be a mistake, <laughs> and she's like, no, she's like, we're just, you know, just sorry that it's not any bigger, well, it was a $10,000 check. <laughs> wow, and that's what started the Charitable Foundation. Yes, it did. Yeah. And yeah. so he called Will and he said, um, have um, a donation. And I think when he took it into Will, Will was even surprised because he was thinking it might be several hundred. He oh. was not expecting what right. it took into him. And next we have Elaine Weisbard. Welcome, Elaine. Hello, how are you? Uh, I knew Mr. Evans when I first came to the school. Uh, and that was 1970, 1970, I think it was. Anyway, we came and I uh, got to know him real good. He helped me out a lot. He was a loving person. He uh, he also helped me to get a job out at St. Mary's Elizabeth Hospital as a dark room technician. And he was just a loving person. He just loved to help people out and everything. And I uh, will miss him. And and thought a lot of him, and also uh, Barbara, too. So. Yeah. I didn't know you worked at St. Mary's. Yes, I did. I worked at St. Mary's. Lisa's hospital as a dart room technician, and Mr. Evans helped me get that job. And, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, he helped me a lot. He helped me to learn how to get around, and, of course, I helped a lot of people there at the school because I could read large print at the time. Mm-hmm. And I helped, you know, a lot of people get where they was going and mm-hmm. uh, helped them. You know, go get things for him and stuff like that. But he uh, helped my mom and dad also how to understand blind people, too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was really nice of him to do that. But he just really helped out a lot. And like I say, he was just a loving and, and a caring person. He just loved to talk. We have with us on the phone Beatty Carver. He lives in Mishawaka, Indiana now, a 1963 graduate of KSB. And Beatty, welcome, and uh, tell us about some of your memories of Will. Well, thank you, Carla. 
I remember when Mr. Evans first came to coach uh, at the School for the Blind, he lived in the cottage with us boys, and even though we knew he was the coach and and we addressed him as Mr. Evans, he was like one of the guys because we'd get together and go down and get a hamburger or we'd get a group together and play basketball. We'd, uh, we would do things together uh, like he was one of the guys, but we never lost respect for him. We always knew that he was the coach and, and we respected him. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as a coach, I thought he was very good at trying to get us to have confidence in ourselves. I remember I remember me specifically. He uh, got with me one time, and he said, you know, you're not using your potential. I, he says, I've wrestled you in practice, and you should be able to beat about anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he just didn't like it when we'd get down on ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And he would encourage us to, you know, believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of his strengths. As far as with me, I, I don't remember anything outstanding about it, or but I do remember him talking to me once about that and mm-hmm. telling me that I needed to try to use my potential mm-hmm. and just try harder and have confidence in myself and not be down on myself. Now, you all took a lot of trips as a wrestling team. Yes, we went to Iowa one time on the train, and his brother Dan went with us, and we spent a lot of time just talking and we all of us like sports, of course, and we talk about teams and basketball and football, and and uh, it was a fun trip. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, was he uh, did did he demand a lot of you know you you go there and you be right here and you know or, or were, did he kind of let you all just be just be boys? Well, he did in a way, but I, I'll say one thing. He did take charge when he needed to, mm-hmm. and uh, he he wasn't uh, slack in that. Yet, I think he was very fair, and he was, you know, he had type personality that was likable. I remember the last time I was there, he, he said, Beatty, you don't need to call me Mr. Evans. He said, you can call me Will D. You're almost as old as I am. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I'm speaking with Oral Miller, who now lives in Washington, D.C. Oral was a 1951 graduate of KSB. Will graduated in 53, and so he knew Will as a young person in school, and he's going to share a couple of memories with us now. Even considerably younger than uh, graduation time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know, while he was growing up, because I remember a nickname that was given to him, and he must have been in no more than, uh, did he come all the way up through school? Uh, he he went there in 1946 when he was 11. Okay, yeah. Well, because I remember uh, these, this would have been, oh, he was above 11, but uh, he couldn't have been more than 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> there was a, a notorious mm-hmm. former student there long since gone, and you don't have to mention his name necessarily. Uh, he was a character named James Lane. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, James Lane was sort of a fast-running, uh, disobedient uh, kid who dropped out. Mm-hmm. I don't know, must have been seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But he was older than Will by a little bit. And James gave Will, when Will was maybe, oh, uh, he he seemed to be uh, younger, he must have been maybe sixth grade or something, uh, gave him the name of, nickname of Broomstraw. Broomstraw, (laughs) okay. Uh, Because apparently Will was, I guess, sort of skinny growing up or whatever, Mm -hmm. because I remember he had a little little piping sort of scratchy voice mm-hmm. as a as a youngster mm-hmm. and uh, I remember Will's participation uh, as a as a partial mm-hmm. uh, in the various kinds of ball that was played by the the boys mm-hmm. 
you remember there used to be a, <clears throat> a game that was played a fair amount involving a paper ball, a paper ball that was made out of a tied-up magazine. Okay. Uh, I heard a reference to that just uh, a day or so ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they wrap a magazine real tight and then tie it with a string. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> then hit that with a flat bat. Okay. And uh, there was a paper ball that was frequently played uh, uh, out off the uh, uh, boys' end of the building, the old building there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Will uh, would uh, take part in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there was one thing about him because he was he was smaller than a lot of the other boys who were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would, uh, and I don't know if his vision maybe was as good as some of the others also, so he would line up and play in closer to the batter mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they used to sometimes talk to him about, hey, aren't you afraid you'll get hit with the ball mm-hmm. there? Because the way the paper ball was hit was usually right out of the hands of the batter itself, himself. Uh-huh. In other words, it wasn't pitched, but he'd, take it and hit it with the bat. And uh, uh, how it counted depended on whether it went very far and whether it was caught and so forth. Mm -hmm. And uh, Will used to play in close because that way he could uh, see the thing quicker and uh, he could get to it in case uh, it was just a little short hit. Mm -hmm. So that was Will in the uh, paper ball games. And uh, then when... They played a version of ball that involved a rubber ball, uh, like a basketball. Uh, you remember there used to be games played there, at least by the boys, where the boys would hit a basketball with their fist or the back of the hand, the back of the fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it, generally speaking, was not a ball that was pitched, but a ball that they'd hit right out of their own hand. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was played in a different section after the after that whole big area behind the main building was cemented over mm-hmm. and uh will would uh, uh again uh, play up close relatively close compared with other visually impaired people uh because uh, he wanted to uh, be able to get to the ball quicker mm-hmm. uh than uh, he'd be able to if it were hit further, and uh, he had to, in some cases, maybe wait for it to hit the ground before he knew where it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he used to play uh, actively in that. Mm-hmm. And let me see now. I'm trying to remember Will in wrestling. As I, I don't remember much about him in that, but he did. Uh, he did participate in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot recall much. I, I remember, I think, a trip that he must have taken with us. He couldn't have been over in, in maybe then the eighth or ninth, maybe the ninth grade at very most, uh, mm-hmm. perhaps eighth grade even. It was a trip to Arkansas. Oh. To the Arkansas school. Mm-hmm. To uh, wrestle and... Uh, uh, the, of course, he was, uh, uh, you know, in a very, very light weight. Right. He was a small person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't remember much about it other than the fact that he went. And finally, I'm speaking with Jim Clifford. Jim Clifford is a 1948 graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind. He was in school with Will. And Jim has been a member of the KSB Advisory Board. He's come to alumni many times and just a great, great person. And um, Jim, we're glad you're with us. We're sorry for the occasion, but, uh, but welcome to Sound Prince. And tell us about what it was like to be in school with Will. Well... Will, as I think about it, from the moment I met him on, he was a very special person. He was different in a good sense. Uh, never, he was a kind of 
a quiet person, and yet he was a leader. He he was just quite a quite a person. Can you think of uh, any particular stories about Will? Well, no, I'm having trouble of thinking. You know about little things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will was just Will. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's what a lot of people say. All through the years, there's that something special. Uh, you just liked him. I guess you could use the word loved him. Page 5. Following are notes that have appeared on Facebook and in my email during this last week. Samantha Hubbard writes, I remember what Will Evans told me on my graduation night, May 25, 2011. He said, Congratulations. Follow your dreams. Never give up. Keep on trying. He was an awesome man, always giving, helping others, and always showing up at special events at KSB. He will be dearly missed. Rest in peace, Will Evans. Linda Smith wrote in the Save and Support KSB list on Facebook, It is with sadness I hear of his passing. Mr. Evans was a guide and mentor to me. I valued his wisdom and his friendship for so many years. My heartfelt condolences to his family and all who loved him, a sweet soul on this earth. Connie Begley C. wrote on the same list, Prayers for Barbara and his children. He was truly a great man, friend and advocate for all. Treated everyone as if they were family. Carol Domke writes, He was such a wonderful man with a beautiful soul, so proud and blessed to say he and Barbara knew me before I was old enough to remember. Prayers to her and their family. Diane Ryan said, He was the greatest, and I was so fortunate to know and work with him. Tim Moore wrote, I'm sad beyond words. Mr. Evans was a big part of my life at KSB. I will miss him very much. I feel as if the old school KSB family is dwindling. John Davis said, So very well said. Amazing individual. Steve Meredith said, This is so tragic. I am sad beyond words. Many prayers to his wonderful family and much appreciation for his positive influence on all of us at KSB. My heart really hurts right now. Pauletta Feldman. He was the kindest man, one of my heroes. He made you feel like you were the only one in the room when he talked with you. What a sad day. Laura Davis Myers, a kind Christian man. I'll miss him, but will take comfort knowing he's with the Lord and will see him again in heaven one day soon. Praying for Barbara and the Evans family. Kenny Jones wrote, Very sad news, even though we knew this day was coming. Such a kind and gentle soul that was a great role model for blind and visually impaired students he served. Nancy Williams writes, I'm so sorry to hear about Will Evans passing away. He was an awesome person. He would always speak to me whenever we would pass each other on campus. I have fond memories, and one in particular that stands out to me is when everyone would go Christmas caroling, we were invited to the Evans home for hot chocolate and cookies. Shirley Stivers writes, such heartbreaking news. He kept me in school and made a lasting impression on me. I will miss him dearly. Susan Silverthorne said, So very sorry to hear this. I know his first day in heaven is wonderful. Kevin Pearl, kind, integrity, and caring. They didn't come any better than Will Evans.
and Denise Gill says, No words can express my sorrow to hear this. A man who shaped KSB and many, many lives for decades. A loving friend, father, and husband. You will be so greatly missed. Prayers for the family. Hugs to Miss Barbara, a true lady. Jane Schaefer said, So sorry to hear this. He was always so kind to me. He allowed parent involvement, showed individuals, including me, that it was all right to be visually impaired. He will be missed. From Paula Caldwell. She writes, I am Paula Caldwell, used to be Paula Hester. I remember Mr. Evans in lots of ways. He was a wonderful speaker. He kept me awake when I was almost ready to drop off. One thing I remember is something he used to say. People told him about his speeches, and he would say this before every speech he gave at Founders Day. I loved Founders Day. He always said that people told him to make sure to keep it simple, stupid, and he would laugh and make the whole student body laugh. I also remember him at Christmas time getting us kids into Christmas and getting so into it himself. And when I would see him and Ken Howard get together, well, I will just say that my ribs hurt from laughing so much and I would cry. He was fun and he would stop me at the steps going up to the classroom building and he would say hi. He put his hand on my shoulder and approached me with a warm hello. I never knew he was a coach, but what I do know is that I have gratitude for him because he drilled the history of our school into my heart. And also he was patriotic to our country. I will never forget Founders Days. Shannon Caldwell says, when I think of Will Evans, I remember him always showing up at unexpected moments in my life on campus. I would have you know those moments when I would experience turmoil, like we all do in life, and then the next thing I know, there would be Will, and he would just stop and put himself in my path and act like a defensive lineman to try to stop me and knock me over and then hugely laugh and put his forehead against mine and share a special moment with me and it would cheer me up when I would least expect him. It was always like he had a sixth sense of when to show up. I never knew when or where he was going to be in the hallway, in the classroom building, in the music building, outside somewhere on the campus. I just never knew when to expect him. And we would just start this standoff and he would always get the biggest laugh and humor out of trying to knock me over since I was always so much bigger than he was. I will always have fond memories of Will. He played a huge role in my life at KSB. My heart and prayers go out to his family at this time. Thanks for letting us know about his passing. Page 6. The Sound Prince Calendar. The Greater Lovell Council Roundabouts on the 2nd, 9th, 23rd, and 30th. On the 16th, the roundabout will include the GLCB quarterly meeting. The Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold their September meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern, 605-475-4700. The code is 155-619. On September 11, KCB Next Generation will have their conference call for the month at 8 p.m. Eastern. The dial-in number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. And on September 13, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have their meeting in Owensboro from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue. For more information on that meeting, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. On September 24, the American Printing House for the Blind will present History of Talking Books for the Blind from 1030 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the APH Museum. APH has been recording talking books since the 1930s. Join them as they chat about the highlights of the last 75 years. This activity is free. It's best for older children and adults. Registration is required. Call 
502-899-2213 to sign up. And finally, we remind you that the KCB convention is coming up the second weekend in November. Be sure to keep that weekend open on your calendar. We'll be bringing you lots of details in the coming weeks. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.